You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, White Sox Weekly, the official weekly talk show covering all things White Sox baseball. Get the fireworks ready. White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890. Well, good afternoon and welcome in to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. Hopefully everyone is still rolling around, fat, happy, and satisfied after a wonderful Thanksgiving. Certainly hope you were able to spend it with you and yours. And glad you were able to make White Sox Weekly just a very small part of your Thanksgiving weekend. We're certainly thankful for it lots to do on the show today but if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks uh, and we certainly appreciate those of you who have been or just downloading us as a podcast we've seen a lot of traffic there and boy thanks so much for doing that Uh, in case you haven't got in on the podcast craze you can go download all of our white Sox weekly shows at wlsam.com slash white Sox. all the interviews that we do all the segments all the topics uh, everything Right there on the website, downloadable in podcast form and consumable at your leisure. So, you know, let's say Sunday at noon on Thanksgiving weekend isn't your time to tune into White Sox baseball, White Sox baseball talk, I should say, especially during the offseason. And before we've had some serious moves ready to go, I understand that. You can go download it on the website and listen to it, you know, whenever you want. Tonight at midnight, if that's your thing. Uh, Anyway, a, a bit of a change to the format for today. As you know, we've been running our off-season long review preview series. We've gone position by position and kind of taken a look back at what the White Sox were up to in 2017, what that position looks like in 2018. Is it an incumbent starter? Is it a young kid up and coming? Are we going to have some changes? Uh, and right now, we left off at third base and did a good long talk about Yolmer Sanchez mostly in last week's show. We're at left field, but we're going to push that off to next weekend. We're going to hold all of your Nikki Delmonico questions for next weekend. And I'll tell you why. I went to the Arizona Fall League just a couple of weeks ago, uh, first weekend in November, if memory serves correctly. And I just, we've got a couple of interviews left from that Arizona Fall League trip. And I didn't want to get too far away from you know that place in time before I could bring him to you on the show. So you're going to hear from White Sox catching prospect Sebi Zavala in the show today. You know about Zach Collins, a first-round pick uh, just two years ago in the Major League Draft, but Sebi Zavala pushed him for playing time as best he could down in the low minors this year. Zavala really hit for a lot of pop this season, helped bring the average up some, and a lot of people say he's made some pretty good defensive strides at the plate, too, or behind the plate, I should say. That's where you make your defensive strides if you're a catcher. Uh, So we'll hear from Sebi in just a couple of minutes. A lot of good reviews from pitchers in the Arizona Fall League about how Sebi likes to work behind the plate, and that's always a good thing. You'll also... Hear from Jace Fry, who threw for the White Sox a little bit at the end of 2017. The results weren't great. Jace knows it, and we talk about it in this interview. Jace really turned things around in the Arizona Fall League. He was named an All-Star and was pretty happy. We caught up with him about two days before the All-Star game. 
pretty happy with where things are and were for him. Thought he uh, he thought he'd made a lot of strides just in the last couple of weeks of, of pitching in the Arizona Fall League, learning some things, what you can and can't do, I guess, at the big league level. He made a big jump from double A up to the big leagues. So uh, we'll hear from Jace Fry as well. We'll also talk with Matt Zaleski, who is the pitching coach for Justin Gershley down in low A. Gershley, the 27-year-old manager. You might have read about him in uh, in magazines. You might have read about him on MLB.com. We're going to talk with him a little bit later on in this offseason, have a little chat with the young Wunderkind. Uh, but those two guys, Zaleski himself, a pretty young guy as far as a coach goes, helped shape some of the young pitchers that you're hearing so much about, Dane Dunning, Alec Hansen. You're going to hear from Zaleski about what those guys looked like, about what they learned in this last season. And we'll talk, obviously, a, a bit about the arms, Connor Walsh, Matt Foster, Chase Fry, that the White Sox sent down to the Arizona Fall League. But I, I think what's maybe most interesting in that interview, and that'll be right after the 1230 news, is we talk a lot about what it is to identify pitching. Something that the White Sox have been so good at over the last handful of seasons, you know, 10, 20 years. I mean, Don Cooper goes back a long way even before that, too. But he's he's part of that system now. So we tried to pick his brain as best we could. So that's what's coming up on the show this afternoon. Real quick, though, you can give the gift of a White Sox baseball this holiday season. White Sox holiday packs include ticket vouchers redeemable for 66 great games in 2018. They start at just $29. Each order is shipped with a decorative card and White Sox nutcracker ornament. All orders placed now through Cyber Monday will receive two bonus ticket vouchers. Visit WhiteSox.com slash holiday packs for more information or to order yours today. So let's get to the big and jarring news in Major League Baseball. First reported by Yahoo Sports' Jeff Passan and then confirmed by the league itself. The Atlanta Braves are in it deep for circumventing, essentially, the rules about signing international free agents. You know, the market that the White Sox got into in signing Luis Robert just earlier this year. They have been fined. They have been taken. They've, they've had prospects taken away. And they've had John Coppolella, their former GM, who was removed from the organization for this issue. Uh, he has been banned from baseball. I don't know whether that's necessarily a lifetime ban for Coppolella, but he is on the commissioner's restricted list, and it's up to him, essentially, when Coppolella might be returned to being eligible to participate in the game in, in any way. The, let's get down to the basics. And, and really, the reason I, I bring this up so early on in the show is because as, as good as the White Sox farm system is right now and might how much better it might be with the improved performance of a couple of different guys in that top 30 list, perhaps this next season, I got one question over this last week more than, I mean, this was the biggest question that I got popped on on Twitter, at C1 McKnight, if you want to fire one in there, since the season ended, and that was this. The Braves are going to have to give up 12 international free agents, 12 players they signed through that system. They're now free agents or will be in different deadlines. December 5th, I think, is the next big one. One of them is Kevin Maiton, who is a terrific young shortstop, one of the top prospects in baseball, and he's going to be granted free agency. So the question I got over and over again, and I, and I love it because, you know, you want to make the farm system as good as you possibly can. That's what Rick Hahn's been up to the last year and a half or so. Are the White Sox in on Kevin Mitot? Can they get in on that market? 
And the short answer is probably not. It looks like he's going to be subject to the same international spending limits as, for instance, Luis Robert was. It's going to be a bit different than that, but there are going to be other teams that are allowed to sign them for more money because they didn't sign a guy like Robert to a $50 million contract. It's possible, you know, perhaps he is a free agent. He gets to make his own decisions. Who knows? But it's not just Mike Ton who's out there and a free agent. There are 12 other players, and some of those guys are going to sign for you know, the the hundreds of thousands of dollars, perhaps, and you could get a, a flyer here or there, I suppose it'd be more than a flyer, um, that could affect the system a little bit. So there's opportunity here in a very strange and for the Braves and for Braves fans, I suppose, a very unfortunate way. But there is suddenly, you know, on the free agent market in a way that you don't see often at all, a way to enrich the farm system and at a at a comfortable cost, if if you're the organization we're talking about. The one we're talking about, obviously, is the White Sox. And as it pertains to them, Jim Callis, who has been ranking systems and prospects forever, and I mean that uh, with the utmost respect and, and a no shot to Jim at all for how long he's been doing this job. He is absolutely superb at it. He's come out with the updated top 10 farm systems. And this was, I believe he tweeted this, it was the day of the news that the Braves are going to have to give up 12 players in their organization, so he'll have to update these yet again. His top 10 farm systems read like this from 10 to 1. The Reds are 10, the Brewers are 9, the Yankees 8, the Athletics 7, the Dodgers at 6, the Rays at 5, Phillies at 4, Padres at 3, and Sox fans, you'll notice I haven't said the White Sox yet. Number 2 were the Braves. And you imagine that changes now. Jim Callis had the White Sox as the number one farm system in all of baseball. What's that mean for an organization? Who's on that list? I'll tell you a little bit more about that when we come back after the break. We'll also hear from Sebi Zavala, White Sox catcher in the system. Guy who was doing the best he could to push for playing time. With Zach Collins playing on his team at the same time. You can give the perfect gift for the biggest Sox fan in your life during the fan experience sale. Experiences include on-field access during batting practice. You can change the bases and more. All experiences include game tickets and VIP perks. For more information, call 312-674-5369 or email SoxExperience at WhiteSox.MLB.com today. All that's coming up. I'm Connor McKnight. You've got White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. And real quickly, White Sox fans, you can sign up for Sox Fest 2018 right now and receive a Hawk Harrelson talking bobblehead. The exclusive giveaway item is only available through Sox Fest hotel packages. Join us January 26th through January 28th for a weekend of White Sox baseball you won't want to miss. Hotel packages are available now at whitesox.com slash SoxFest. In just a few minutes, uh, we'll get you to the interview. Sebi Zavala, who was in the Arizona Fall League, a catching prospect for the White Sox. We'll talk with him. We'll bring you the conversation we had with him just a few weeks ago. But we were talking farm systems just before the break. And with the news about what's going to happen 
to the Atlanta Braves, that organization, and how that's going to shake around. We got to talking a little bit about Jim Callis of MLB.com and how he'd ranked the White Sox as his number one farm system in all of baseball. Well, it just so happens that Baseball Prospectus has done their system-wide rankings and come out with their top ten in the White Sox system. No, I won't read you the whole thing. Really, if you're that into it, and I, you know, I don't mean to pitch around like this, but if you're into prospects, one of my favorite days of the year. I mean, it's you know, opening day is great. The All Star break is always in the playoffs and whatnot. But one of my favorite days of the year, the the non baseball game day, is the day that the baseball prospectus annual comes to my house, and it's got blurbs and projections on each and every player in every single team's system it's i love it it's great they do awesome work you should subscribe you should get the book when it's available but i will uh because we're fun and we're friends i'll get you the top 10 that they put out in the white Sox system real quickly here before we get to sebi starting at number 10 we'll go from the bottom and go all the way up I'll, i'll offer a caveat here or two or a description here and there but for the most part, you know these guys, and you know we'll talk quite a bit about a lot of them in our upcoming uh, review and preview series, but some of them we've covered too. Number 10 in the system, Carson Fulmer. I thought Fulmer showed you the stuff, the raw stuff that he had and is able to strike out major league hitters with this last season. Easily a couple of his best starts in the big leagues, a couple of his first starts in the big leagues. Uh, we'll see where Carson Fulmer ends up come spring training. They've got Zach Collins at number nine. Sebi Zavala playing behind him, perhaps, on the depth chart. Zach Collins at number nine. Blake Rutherford, the outfielder, who we'll talk about next week, I think, a little bit. Perhaps the week after that, Blake Rutherford acquired from the Yankees. That's the Todd Frazier, David Roberts, and Tommy Canely deal. He was the top prospect gotten in that one. Number seven is Dane Dunning, who Matt Seleski, pitching coach, is coming up just after the 1230 News. We'll talk about quite a bit. Dunning picked up in the Adam Eaton deal. Number six, Jake Berger, the number one pick of the White Sox in last year's draft, third baseman out of Missouri State, third baseman. Talked about him some last week if you want to go find the podcast. They have Luis Robert at number five. Their caveat and mine is this. you just We just haven't seen enough of Luis Robert play. Obviously, you take the White Sox word for it. There were a lot of other teams, the Cardinals, one of them, who were in on Luis. But until he gets stateside, and they even talk about this some, until he gets stateside, it's going to be really tough to rank the talent properly. Not to say they haven't done it, perhaps, but to rank it properly, you're going to just have to see some reps. Dylan Cease, who was the second-best prospect in the Jose Quintana trade, picked up by the Cubs, a right-hander, is number four. Number three, Alec Hansen who was a second-round pick of the White Sox. He went just after Zach Birdie, who was a supplemental pick two years ago or two drafts ago, Alec Hansen at number three. At number two, they have Michael Kopech, who I assume needs no introduction here, though we will talk about him in a couple of weeks. Michael Kopech at two, and at number one, Aloy Jimenez. Head over to the website, WLSAM.com. Our White Sox blogger, Kat Garcia, has a bit of a write-up on Aloy Jimenez. He just had a conference call with some media, and she's put together some of the better cuts from Aloy. WLSAM.com slash White Sox. You can check it out there. Right now, though, time to hear from Sebi Zavala. Worked in the Arizona Fall League for the White Sox just a couple of weeks ago, and we had a chance to catch up with him 
in Glendale. So a couple minutes with Sebi Zavala here in the Arizona Fall League, catcher for the White Sox organization. And I got to tell you, you know, we get a lot of calls into the postgame show, Sebi, about, you know, prospects and people are a lot more interested in the White Sox system. And like twice a week. People are calling and asking, hey, this uh, Sesvi, this Zavala kid, he's hitting a bunch of homers. What was this last season for you? It seemed like the power stroke really came along for you. I know it's not all about that, but the homers were noticeable and Sox fans noticed. Yeah, um, it, was a, it was a good year. Um, I was able to uh, put on some weight in the offseason. I think that really helped me uh, put up some bigger power numbers this year. With, uh, with catching, too, defensively, there's – so many responsibilities. We just got done talking with Jace Fry a little bit, and the first time you guys worked together, he said he didn't have to shake at all. Uh, what kind of preparation have you learned to put in in that respect? Um, well, basically, I uh, use the pitcher's strengths. Um, I've caught uh, many pitchers like Jace Fry, so I was able to use my past knowledge on his type of stuff and able to apply that to the game we we had where do you where do you find that base of knowledge come from is that talking to other catchers in the org is that you know a guy like talking with zach collins or, or catching instructors or is that something that you've picked up along the way from everybody uh you know it's an accumulation of everything uh past experience talking with the pitcher before the game um my knowledge of the hitters that we're facing, um, it's, it's just everything coming together, uh, trying to get, come up with the best game plan for each game. What was last season for you in terms of your own confidence? Uh, I mean, the, the jump from league is, is big, i got to imagine, in a guy's development like this. Are, are you setting sights higher now for this coming season, given what you were able to accomplish last year? Uh, you know, I always had confidence playing this game. I always feel as if I'm the best player on the field, even though that might not be true or whatever. But that's how I feel, and that's how I go about my day. Um, try to stay humble doing that. And, uh, you know, just if I keep doing what I'm doing right now, I feel like I, I can play this game for a long time. Was, you know, kind of getting a, a starting job something that you were able to check off the list a little bit last year? Uh, you know, that's not really my... That would be uh, one goal to have, but um, that's not really my main focus. My f- main focus is getting better every day, um, trying to win each game, which will help my uh, development. What were you, know, you get to work with a lot of talented pitchers in the White Sox organization. They seem to add another one every day. Do you, as, as much as you can learn from other catchers, do you learn a bit about catching from different pitchers that you find that you that you'll that you'll catch oh yeah definitely uh they they uh have experiences just like i do and they've learned from them and if i could uh learn from them and how their pitches work how their stuff works best uh that that could definitely push us quicker in the right direction is exposure to a lot of guys that you've you know never talked to never seen never caught before you know in a league like this a different experience than than that minor league work. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the coaches, coaches here, definitely have a lot more experience than the players. But uh, like I said, everyone has uh, their past experiences. They they've learned from different things that I haven't experienced yet. And if I can just gather as much information uh, every day, I think uh, it it'll help my baseball knowledge. When you got the ring from the White Sox that you were going to be, you know, selected to the Arizona Fall League, uh, what kind of conversation was that? Were you, you know, pumped to know that that they thought of you with that kind of uh, that kind of regard? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you said it. Um, it's nice to know that the White Sox uh, are thinking of me uh, as a good player, and um, hopefully, I can continue and prove them right. 
is, is it, it might be a little simplistic, but do you feel as though your next big step comes defensively or offensively? That, that question is, is different for anybody else on the field, but for catching, I think it's it's kind of a, a much more specific one. Um, I think if I can develop a little bit better as a hitter and a little bit better as a catcher every day and every year and just keep making steps forward and fine-tuning every uh, aspect of being a baseball player, I think I think uh, that would be my next step. I know White Sox fans are looking for it. Sebi, really appreciate it. All right, thanks. That's White Sox catching prospect Sebi Zavala. We had a chance to catch up with him at the Arizona Fall League just a couple of weeks ago. Sox fans, it's never too early to lock in a 2018 ticket package. Full and partial ticket plans are available including a lower-level 10-game plan starting at $217. Take advantage of great benefits like discounted pricing and flexible payment plans. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit whitesox.com. Interviews will continue. Matt Zaleski, who's the pitching coach for the Glendale Desert Dogs and for Low A Canapolis last season, will join us right after the 1230 News. I'm Connor McKnight. You've got White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. And White Sox fans, you can sign up right now for SoxFest 2018 and you'll receive, you can receive a Hawk Harrelson talking bobblehead. The exclusive giveaway item is only available through SoxFest Hotel Packages. Join us January 26th through January 28th for a weekend of White Sox baseball that you won't want to miss. Hotel packages are available now at WhiteSox.com slash SoxFest. Told you just before the 1230 news that we were going to circle back to a couple of interviews that we had done in the Arizona Fall League a couple of weeks ago. That league has since wrapped up, but that doesn't mean the work that these prospects did and, uh, and that the coaches put in doesn't matter and, and that you can't uh, still get a whole lot out of an interview with a guy like Matt Zaleski, who was the pitching coach for the White Sox in low A this past season. He was teamed up with Justin Jershley, who was named the White Sox minor league coach of the year at just 27 years old. So uh, with Zaleski being a young guy himself and Jershley as well, you got quite the wonderkins down in the minor leagues for the White Sox. Zaleski had been a pitcher in the system for about a decade, and he worked with Dane Dunning and Alec Hansen as both of those young men came through the low minors and really made serious strides from low A into high A. In the case of Alec Hansen, even one level higher than that. So as he got to see that kind of talent in the regular season, he's also seeing some of the talent we've talked with already on the show in the Arizona Fall League, guys like Connor Walsh or Chase Fry, who hit the big leagues a little bit, Matt Foster even. So we had a good long chat with Matt down in Arizona. A lot of good stuff about what it takes to develop pitching, something the White Sox are pretty good at as it stands. Take a listen. Sitting down for a couple of minutes with Matt Zaleski, the pitching coach here for the uh, for the White Sox and for the Glendale Desert Dogs. I guess you've got everybody under your charge for this uh, for this Arizona Fall League, don't you? Yeah, a little bit uh, different, having to deal with different guys from different organizations. It's a good challenge. You know, different organizations want certain things with their guys, so try and keep everybody happy. Obviously, keep the focal point for myself being on our guys. 
but not shy away and not help out other kids too because that's what coaching's about is developing everybody so uh, some white Sox fans have heard the name before and some will get to hear it seeing as you've had a bunch of real good arms come through uh, Kennapolis over the last season but you spent a lot of time in this organization as a pitcher. I, I wonder, you know, institutionally, it seems like there's a memory, a track record, and how much of that is imprinted on you? Uh, quite a bit. You know, I had 11 seasons in the minor leagues with mm-hmm. the White Sox, and, you know, it's credit to what myself does as a coach is credit to Coop, Hass, J.R. Purdue, Dodd, all the coaches that I've had throughout the organization. It's credit to them, like the knowledge that, we have starts from the big leagues and just works its way down. It's a great cohesive unit that we have. What's the Arizona Fall League like in terms of coaching guys, pitchers specifically, with different levels of experience? For instance, you know, Jace threw balls against major leaguers this year. Connor Walsh looking to find it, foster the same kind of thing. But each of those guys kind of seem to be at a different tier. Is the message the same for those guys when you're down here at this level? Similar. Uh, obviously, guys like Jace... And Connor, who are a little bit further along in their career, it's more fine-tuning just a few things, being a little more consistent in the zone. And with Matt Foster, do a little bit more work on his delivery, just something to keep consistent with that rather than just have him. Because Matt throws a ton of strikes, and it's, it's great to see it, but if his delivery is a little out of whack, being a young pitcher, that can happen at times. And just just watch some video, go over it, and still get right to it. But yeah. as far as Jace and Connor go, it's it's pretty much just like execution of pitch because they have a good feel for their deliveries. And they it's very common to see the older, more experienced pitchers know when they feel it and they make the adjustments quicker. Wait for this guy to go out the door, otherwise he's going to eat up all my audio. Uh, oh, thanks, Adam. So you, and this is, yeah, this won't be a, a thing, but, like, do you get, like, a literal checklist from other organizations about, like, hey, here's some stuff that we want to, we want our guys yeah. to have to work yeah. on. Here are keys for a couple of players. Yes. Interesting. That's kind of yes. really hard it's, for you it's, to do. It's different. Do you have to watch a ton of video? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's video and, like, like some of the guys will say, hey, we want this guy's slider to be at 85. It's at 80 right now. It's like, I don't have okay. the magic touch. You just dial that up. I can write it in the report that it was 85. It's great that you want that. I'm so happy for you that you right? want it that way. Right? Good Lord. All right, uh, we'll hop back into it then. Um, so I, I joked with Connor Walsh a little bit about this. Uh, are, are you the guy then that has the duffel bag full of the White Sox cutter that you just hand out to pitching prospects? Like, do you... <laughs> Are you the guy who delivers that? Uh, no, that stems from uh, the big leagues again with Coop, uh, Hass, J.R. Purdue's big cutter guy. J.R. is the one who taught me my cutter. And it stems like it's very common grip, like that it's just trickled down through the system. And it's just, it seemed to work, whether it's a slider or a cutter. Right. It always seems to work. Does Does it work because... <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, does it work because the adjustment isn't that big off the fastball, or does it work for guys who have a delivery that sets well for it? Why is it so seemingly easy for you guys to get it to guys? It's very similar to your fastball. It's just coming off your hand a little differently. It's not really a huge, like, 
turn the wrist, snap it off, anything like that. It's just coming off the fingertips a little bit differently and causes the cutting action to it. So at Canapolis this year, you saw two big guns come through, and, and more too. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of talent. Sox fans, though, are going to be most familiar with Hanson and with Dunning. Let's talk a little bit about those two and the steps that you saw them make. Obviously, the whole, you know, point something ERA for both of them kind of speaks for itself. But as you saw them grow and struggle some, too, in, in some starts, mm-hmm. what were the big knocks for them? What were the big pluses? Uh, start out with Hanson. Like, he's made progress from the time he got here to when he left Kannapolis at the half this year. And his delivery's gotten cleaner. His consistency's gotten a lot cleaner. Like, when we were in rookie ball together, it was pretty much he could just outstuff everyone. Yeah. There's some better hitters in Kannapolis. You know, there'd be days where he could just outstuff everyone. And then he'd have days where it'd be 10, 15, 12 strikeouts, and it would be days that he was locating his fastball off-speed. And both off-speeds that he has really good in the zone. It was just... He's a special player, and Dane's the same way. And I know he didn't have probably the year he wanted to in Winston, but his first eight or four starts with us, it was unbelievable. Like, I think he walked one guy, and fastballs to both sides of the plate, mixing speeds, good breaking balls, change of speeds, good change-up. He has a great four-pitch repertoire, and so does Alec. To his credit, he went and worked on his changeup in the offseason, and it's gotten tremendously better throughout the year. When you get a guy like Dane or or like Alec who could have gone 1-1 if his senior season goes a little bit different at Oklahoma, obviously, um, how, how do you keep the carrot out in front of guys where you know and they know that they're moving up at some point this year? You know, it just... If it's a bad outing, try and keep, if they're feeling low on confidence, just try and bring back to that. They know they need to see how good they actually are. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily just focus on, like, okay, what went wrong, but, like, let's go what went right that outing. And, sure, if there's some delivery issues, we can attack that and go after it. But if it's, like, you, it's baseball. Like, you can have your best stuff one day and get beat up. It's it's the game. It happens. But as far as, like, it's more of a confidence thing with younger guys that I see that trickles down. And you get, guy gets hit around, man, I felt like I had my good stuff. Well, yeah, it's the game. Like, let's go and see. Because our eyes as pitchers tell us something different than what the video actually tells us. Like, you may think you located a fastball down and away. Realistically, it was a little bit up. And then that was the double that scored two runs. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, let's break stuff down. But... Those two are both tremendous as far as, like, kind of wiping each start away from itself and just building on their next one. So at, at that low-A level, um, I would imagine that's – it seems like that's a point where not all the guys, but a lot of guys do start to go from starter role, whether they were in college or JUCO or whatever, into a reliever role. How has that conversation worked for you with guys as you transition them into shorter and shorter stints? Uh, we um, – for us, we haven't had to take anybody in Canapolis this year and move them from a starter to a reliever, so that was very fortunate. And it's not an easy transition. We've had a couple guys come from the reliever mm-hmm. side to be a starter. We had a couple guys come down from Winston to relieve the start. And That's it's, right, yeah. It's not a bad thing because you can actually... A starter or a lever, it's a pretty easy transition. You just have to, the thing that takes time is the, how to figure out how to get ready 
to get in the game because you don't have your pregame long toss, your 30 or 40 pitches off the mound. You got like 15 and the baseball's in your hand on the mound in between the white lines. But uh, reliever to starters, it's kind of gratifying to see as a coach because you see a guy who's maybe as a reliever, he's just 80% fastballs and he's 97 to 100 and he's just blowing it by everybody or getting weak contact if he's got a sinker. Trying to get them to realize that you can't go through more than a lineup once right. with that. And like you have to develop some pitches and some pitchability on what to throw and what counts and executing and all that stuff. And that was kind of fun the second half of the season. You know, first half we had a great season. We had all those tremendous arms and it was great to win. And, you know, each pitcher showed progress and developed and it's great to send them on their way. You know, they they absolutely had earned it. And then had a new group of guys come in, a couple from Winston, a couple from Extended, and just getting to work with the new new group of guys for the second half was kind of fun, you know. Even though we didn't win games, it's not always about winning. Yeah, we love winning as a coaches. But if they come in on June 15th or whatever and we can see them get better by the end of the regular season then that's just it feels good for us because not necessarily especially in our organization we're not going to you're not going to have too many guys like Chris Sale, Carlos Rodon who just it's obvious they're there they're there their talents there everything goes and there's going to be some time that it takes to develop some guys and you know hopefully we continue to do a good job as a minor league side and produce more guys like that. One of the things Foster, Walsh, and Fry really all said in, in varying degrees were flush the failure. That was kind of a thing that they – do you is – is it incumbent on you to, to make sure guys understand that you have to live for that next pitch? Or at, at this level, you know, with the way the White Sox have drafted and selected players, has that kind of been self-selected? Do you guys already have the guys who know to do that? I'd say so, Yeah. yeah. For sure. I mean, there's some guys that take it harder than others, and it may take a little more time to flush the failure, but it doesn't need it. Like, we're not looking for it to be like, okay, if you have three bad starts and you're thinking about your fourth, oh, if this one doesn't go good, my year's over. Right. We don't want that. Like, we try and build off every positive thing that you can, even if you go out and fail. Like, it's baseball. I mean, it's going to happen. So it's kind of just wipe that aside and let's build off what you did good that outing. Matt, really appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for sitting down. That's Matt Zaleski, White Sox pitching coach down in the minors at Canapolis last season. You can join Chicago White Sox charities for the holiday garage sale on Saturday, December 2nd at Guaranteed Rate Field. Take home a piece of White Sox history, including game-used equipment, jerseys, hats, and much more. Entrance to the garage sale is free. For more information, visit WhiteSoxCharities.org. I'm Connor McKnight. We'll be back with more White Sox Weekly right here, WLS AM 890. We'll close things up here on White Sox Weekly in just a few, but our interview with Jace Fry was an Arizona fall star just a month or so ago and had a little time with the White Sox toward the end of the season this year. Lefty out of the bullpen, didn't meet much success in the big leagues, 
But in the Arizona Fall League, a different story for Jace. Had a chance to talk with him just before the All-Star game. Jace just named a, uh, an All-Star in the Arizona Fall League. Going to be thrown out of the bullpen, I suspect, and going against the tough left-handers. How how has it been the last couple of weeks down here? You get a little taste of the major leagues, head down to the Arizona Fall League where there's a bunch of talent. Yep. i got to imagine it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been nice to... Uh you know, throw against the competition and uh, been happy to have the opportunity to, you know, still throw right now and kind of iron out some things that I feel like I have to work on. Coming straight up from double A to the major leagues doesn't happen for everybody. And I have to imagine that Don Cooper, you know, sent you here or, or maybe not you know, sent you off to here, but sent you from the, the regular season with a couple of things on the checklist. Yep. What were those things and how well do you think you're progressing on that right now? I mean, the you know, all-star nod is a yeah. pretty good indication. Yeah, I've had a, uh, a few good appearances here where, uh, you know, I did check off a few things like just quali- quality strikes, fastball command, breaking ball for a strike early in the count, stuff like that that I've been working on. And um, it's been, you know, it's been going well. And I'm just uh, still trying to be consistent with it because I'll have an outing every now and then where I'm falling behind and stuff like that. And I know that's things that we're trying to uh, erase, erase right now. Mm-hmm. You can be out here in Arizona, too, and, and sometimes breaking stuff won't bite. You know, I mean, yep. it's a tough environment to be in as a pitcher. Who do, you, who do you talk to about that? How do you how do you know that one's a cement mixer because there's no oh, air yeah. here versus one that you kind of just <laughs> let get away? You know. Well, I'll tell you, these balls here are a lot a lot more grip than up there. So are it's they? actually it's been biting harder down here, yeah, than it was up there. The uh, the laces are just a little bit bigger here. Sure. You know, so there's a little more to uh, to grab on and spin. But you know, when it does pop out of your hand, that's something that you kind of have to. Uh, you know, work on and even your catch play and figure out what works for you, whether it's, it's the rosin or, you know, maybe uh, sunscreen or something like that that will help you get a little bit of uh, grip on the ball. What would you say to yourself after the season was up? What I say to myself? Mm-hmm. You know, um, just keep grinding, you know. Just just uh, prove that you can do it. You know, you get those strikes and uh, get ahead of hitters. And, you know, because my stuff isn't the issue. I know I got good stuff. It's just the uh, consistency of throwing quality pitches in the zone and um watching film and looking back on this year that's something that i noticed too and um you know i'm still i'm happy with the progress that i've made from you know coming off my second tommy john it was actually i feel like the command came back faster this time but you know it's still something that we're working on and um something i'm gonna work on going forward what kind of conversations do you have you know with the white Sox about you know because there are a handful of guys obviously mm-hmm. who have come back from a, a double tommy john kind of thing but the yeah. sample size isn't you know massive like it is yeah. for one White Sox and Notor are wonderful in keeping their guys healthy. And mm-hmm. I would imagine you being yeah. in this place is has got to be as good as any. Yeah, yeah. No, the, I mean, the physical therapist that I was working with too, and all the trainers were great coming back from the first one. He's actually <clears throat> Sean. He's uh, with the Kansas City now in the big leagues. Okay, and he was great. Brett, the big league guy, he's great too. And um, you know, it's there's not much you can do for an elbow. You know, it, is, it only bends one way. It goes, mm-hmm. you know. So we worked on everything. It was core, you know, ankles, mobility, everything. And he got he got me locked in going into uh, this year. Did did the delivery have to change some? The mechanics mm-hmm. itself have to change? Yeah, absolutely. I had a, a deficiency in my delivery where my arm would drag through the zone. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, and um, Zaleski was the one who pointed it out to me, and he's actually the one that got me ironed out coming back from my throwing program. And we got the uh, the arm swing ironed out a little bit, got the timing better, and that actually helped too with the consistency. i, I got to imagine at, at some point, whether you're there now or, or whether you'll be next week, this, mm-hmm. the new delivery, the new mechanics will become second nature. How close oh, yeah. are you to feeling like that if, if maybe you're there already? Well, yeah, we've been working on it since 
2016. Yeah, so when almost, I move out, almost a back, full year yeah. now, right? And, you know, the arms, it feels good. I'll get in times where I, where my arm does drag, and that's when balls are high arm side and spiking sliders and stuff like that. But, you know, I'd say nine out of ten times I run out of the bullpen, I'm there with a, a good delivery and good arm angle. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of big-time talent here, a lot of big bats down here in the Arizona Fall oh, yeah. League. I wonder how you look at guys like Acuna or whatever, mm-hmm. knowing that you've faced <laughs> Big leaguers who park them four hundred. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Does it? Do you have uh, the same spike? You know, when you get out there on the mound as you as you did, you know, last month. Yeah, the the level of focus is uh, something that I'm like training, trying to train myself to do. You know, pitch to pitch. Yeah, and it's been working here too. Because even when the hitter stepped in there or stepped in here. For me, it's just, you know, see the pitch and then just locate, execute the pitch. doesn't matter who's hitting as much, you know. And then uh, I take that same mentality here where it's pitch to pitch, pitch, execute each one. Yeah, the good ones will tell you that you, don't, you can't see the hitter sometimes, yeah, yeah, that you're absolutely. up there and just throwing your pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I saw. I mean, I saw it. I saw it up there. I see it here. I saw it when I was in Birmingham. You know, it's like that. You just lock in the catcher. All you see is you know the home plate and mm-hmm. what you're trying to you know what you're trying to do and just attack from there. Uh, with coming out of the pen, I don't know. Maybe this is a dumb question. Have you had a chance to, to pitch to Sebi much at all, or is that more bullpens? I, I know it kind of looks like I've thrown to him down here once. I believe. Okay. He's. I mean, he's a smart catcher. Yeah. He's smart. He'll read the hitter. He'll read their swing. He knows when they're diving, when they're when like what pitch they're looking for, even. So when we're working together, that's something I, I focus on as well. And he's. I mean, I don't know if I shook when we were together. He's, you know, he's locked in the same things I am. So we worked together well. Sounds like a good thing to have with a guy yeah. you've worked with once. You yeah, exactly. Know what you're talking about? Yeah, I that. got five pins coming or five pitches coming out of the bullpen. So yeah, it doesn't usually work like that. That's impressive. That's yeah. good to hear. Well, Jace, really appreciate it. Congrats on the All Star nod. We'll see you in spring. All right, thank you. You got it, man. That's White Sox reliever Jace Fry, who we got a chance to talk to at the Arizona Fall League just a few weeks ago. Ever dreamt of being a White Sox player? Well, now's your chance. Attend the 2018 Chicago White Sox Fantasy Camp at Camelback Ranch, Glendale, January 14th and 20th, and be treated like a pro. For more information or to reserve your roster spot, call 623-302-5078 or sign up at whitesox.com. You hear the music? We gotta go. Thanks so much for listening to White Sox Weekly. I'm Connor McKnight. We'll be back next Sunday on WLS AM 890. You've been listening to White Sox Weekly, the official weekly talk show covering all things White Sox baseball. Listen every week for White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890, the proud home for White Sox baseball.